Many times when we face overwhelming emotional or behavioral problems, we seek accountability and behavior modification. But Dana Gresh argues that's not where you should begin. She argues that if you try to control thoughts, feelings, and behaviors with modification and accountability without changing beliefs, the roots simply grow back. To change and heal, you've got to change your beliefs. Using six steps to healing, she'll guide you through an effective biblical process of healing. Let's listen as she reveals step number one and helps you identify lies in your belief system. This message was originally delivered at the Pure Freedom Masterclass. I want to introduce you to my friend, Chloe. Chloe is a friend that I observed for a lot of years. I watched her grow up through middle school and high school, and she was kind of one of those model Christian kids in your community. Obviously a phenomenal student, was active in her youth group, was celebrated as an athlete. Just kind of you looked at her and you were like, Right there, that's what everybody's trying to raise. This child is amazing. Um, so I was a little surprised when she connected with me and asked if I would meet with her a few times because she was experiencing a problem and she thought maybe I could help. And the words she used were, I feel like you might be my last hope. Well, when somebody says that, you at least take some time to figure out who to get them to, right? When she came to me, um, I realized that I could probably help her because it was a territory that I had helped a lot of girls through, unfortunately. You see, Chloe had, since middle school, despite her absolute love for Jesus, despite her great discipling, despite being a leader in her church community, and she was a leader on the campus here at Penn State, was, in her words, giving oral sex out like candy. Now, if that surprises you, you're probably one of the older people in this room, and you might not be aware of just how common and casually oral sex is being treated today. Um, Donna Fritis, who is, as I've said before, an intellectually honest secular researcher who I greatly respect, writes this in one of her books. On a number of occasions, students I have surveyed and done focus groups with claim that oral sex and kissing basically stand side by side on the spectrum of sexual intimacy. Oral sex has turned into the new making out. Children beginning in fifth and sixth and seventh grade are experiencing this just as a normal rite of passage in how they interact with one another. If you're not shocked by that, you're probably younger and you know how common that problem is. Even so, I was shocked that Chloe was struggling because I knew she knew what was right and what was wrong. In fact, her coming to me for help was evidence that she knew that it wasn't right. I said, well, what have you done in the last few years to help with the problem? She said, well, since I was in eighth grade, I've been in accountability and mentoring. The thing is, I tell someone, they tell me, okay, we're going to set up boundaries. We're going to meet weekly. And then I do it again, and I become so embarrassed and so ashamed when I have to confess it to them time after time that I stop. And I just act like it's okay until I'm overwhelmed by the shame again. Then I find someone new to talk to and I confess it and they set up boundaries and they do the accountability thing 
And then I fail again and again, and I feel ashamed, and on and on it went. So I spent, I met with her maybe, I think I met with her three times. Now when I start to meet with someone, I am immediately beginning to look for what I think might be the lie they're believing that's leading to the sinful behavior that they're struggling with. But as I met with Chloe, I could not see it. I could not imagine it. She really was a girl who seemed to have so much together that it wasn't an obvious lie that was deep in her heart causing this behavior that she did not want to be in her life. So we entered into our prayer time. I trusted God's spirit. I was like, God, I don't see this, but I know that you do. I know that you're interceding before the Father right now for Chloe in a way that I can't ever, and so help us. And as we progressed in these six steps, as I prayed her through them, suddenly I saw her face. I read on her face that she'd found it. Her countenance just changed. A tear began to slip down her cheek, and she looked up at me. She said, I, I know what it is. And I said, yeah, what is it? She said, I have to perform to be loved. And she told me about a moment. She has a great dad a great dad, and I mean, all-star dad. But she had a memory from elementary school when she brought home a grade that wasn't that great. And her dad said, oh, Chloe girl, you can do better. Now here's the thing, as children, we are great observers and terrible interpreters. And we can take something that means little or something that means something very significant and distort it to mean something that it doesn't mean or to mean something very lethal. And on that day, Chloe's little heart started to believe that she had to bring her dad A's to be loved. And as Satan works, he adds more and more experiences to our life. And she had encounters with coaches. She had encounters with teachers. She even had encounters with friends that fed this lie that she had to perform to be loved. And so we proceeded through our prayer time. We found a beautiful truth of God. It was a very, very complex truth. It took us a long time to get to it. But one of the things I did, I said, okay, Chloe, so what are we going to do? We have to walk this truth out. You don't have to perform to be loved. You are loved because you are. So that week she had a big test on Friday. So on Thursday night I said, let's not study. Let's go out for, there's this place in town that sells killer cookies. Big old hot chocolate chip cookies with ice cream melting and hot fudge and amazing. So we blew off studying time and she got, mm, I don't know, a really horrible A minus or something like that. This is a girl with a 4.0 in college. I said, now go tell your dad about your A minus. And she did. And he was like, okay, whatever. And she's like, well, aren't you disappointed? Isn't that a bad grade, dad? It's not a 4.0, I'm gonna mess with my GPA. And he's like, I love you no matter what your grades are. I've always loved you. And she said, wait, 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 there was this time. And he wept with her. He wept with her as a father who wounded a child he never wanted to wound. And you know what? The behavior stopped. The behavior stopped. It was so fun. About two years later, she contacted me and said, hey, I'm engaged. And guess what? Not one time, not one time since we prayed, have I even really been tempted. 
Listen, we have to go after the root. We have to go after the root that's causing the sin and destruction in our lives. If you, if you try to control thoughts, feelings, and behaviors with modification and accountability without changing the beliefs, the root will grow back. To change thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, you must change beliefs. I want you to imagine with me that you are a tree. And if I get to pick the kind of tree you are, you are a mighty, magnificent oak tree. So these trees have these big, broad canopies that people can stand under for shelter, right? And these magnificent limbs and structures. I call them the inner city apartment center for squirrels and birds because they're just centers of life, right? And everything you see above that tree, if that tree is you, is your behaviors. So we can have holy, constructive behaviors in our life. And we are also, each of us, very capable of sinful behaviors. We were born sinful, sinful from birth, sinful from the moment our mother conceived us. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God wants us to have constructive behavior, but often we have sinful behavior. That's what people see. That's what we see of our children, of our coworkers, of our friends. But just under the surface, at the top of the root system, are an individual's emotions. Now, you can have healthy emotions, or you can have what we call sticky emotions. That's when your emotions are not healthy. They're not functioning the way God designed them to function. And just under the emotions, a little bit deeper into the root system, is your thought life. You can have accurate thoughts, or you can have distorted thoughts. But something I like to tell young people, and it probably works for you, is your thoughts are going to be the boss of your feelings. Your thoughts are the boss of your feelings. What you are choosing to think about will manage and control your emotions, and your emotions will manage and control your behaviors. And at the very bottom, deep, deep down, the oldest roots, the strongest roots in a tree system, these are called the tap roots. They're the first roots that grow. They've been around the longest. This is where your beliefs lie. And God wants your belief system, your roots, your tap roots to be full of truth. But in many of us down there in the belief system, there are lies that have been growing for a really long time, controlling our thoughts, distorting our emotions, and causing us to behave sinfully. Now, the Bible uses a word for our belief system, and the word is heart. Um, I'm going to read to you a couple of paragraphs from a book called At the Crossroads by Peter Kuyper. He says, the word the Bible most often uses when referring to the belief system is the heart. Rarely is it referring to the organ that pumps blood, but rather the deepest part of who you are as a human being. Jesus points out, for a man's words depend on what fills his heart. A good man gives out good from the goodness stored in his heart. A bad man gives out evil from his store of evil. What is going on in the heart, the belief system level, is driving everything you think, feel, and then do. A familiar proverb says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Or, as an old southern man drawled, what's in the well is going to come up in the bucket. So what's in your bucket? What's in your bucket? I hope what is coming up in the bucket is all love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness. But if you're like me, there's probably still stuff coming up in the bucket that ought not to be. And we want to do something about that. So how can you know 
when stuff is coming up in the bucket, if it's evidence that there's something wrong in the root system or in your heart, well, generally there are some symptoms. Right now, if you go around my house, there are symptoms of something. There are reading glasses on the end table. There are knee braces in my closet. There's melatonin at my bathroom sink. These are symptoms of age. There's proof that someone in that house is getting old. I'm not going to tell you if it's me or Bob, but someone is getting old and there are symptoms, telltale signs that is happening. And when there are lies in your root system, when there are lies in your belief system, there are two telltale signs. The first one is sin. The first one's pretty obvious. We all sin. We all fall short of God's glory. Uh, Pastor John Piper says that when we sin, it is always evidence of lies in our belief system, always evidence of lies growing in the roots of our belief system. He writes this in his book, Battling Unbelief. I love this book. My conviction is that unbelief in the promises of God, that is his future grace, is the root that sustains the life of sin, hence the title Battling Unbelief. Faith is the power that severs the root of sin. Sin has power because of the promises it makes to us. It talks like this. If you lie on your tax returns, you'll have extra money to get what will make you happier. If you look at this pornography, you'll have a surge of pleasure that's better than the joys of their conscience. If you eat those cookies when no one is watching, have you ever had that? It's always the when no one is watching thing. I might know someone who's done that with Swedish fish. I can't say who... But the when no one is watching thing is a bad sign, my friends. If you eat those cookies when no one is watching, it will soften your sense of woundedness and help you cope better than anything else just now. The Bible warns that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, Hebrews 3.13. The promises of sin are lies. The promises of sinner lies. Battling unbelief and fighting for faith and future grace means that we fight fire with fire. We throw against the promises of sin, the promises of God. We take hold of some great promise God made about our future and say to that particular sin, match that. We kill sinful deeds before they happen by cutting the root of their life, the lies of sin. Our sin proves that we've believed a lie. Every time, all the time, sin is evidence that there has been a lie. Now, maybe it comes up as lying or gossip or overeating or overspending, being in debt, road rage, impatience. But the presence of sin proves that we're believing a lie. Now, maybe there are sins that you don't struggle with frequently. You feel immediately when it happens, the conviction of the God's spirit. But if you have lost conviction and sin has become chronic, you have a really dangerous taproot growing in your belief system. It is the symptom of a lie. The second thing is sticky emotions. Now we all have emotions. God created them. We have the good emotions or the ones we think are good, like joy, happiness, peace, but even the things like anger and sadness, those are good emotions. God created them. And he says in the book of Genesis, in Genesis 1, that everything he created was good. So our emotions, whether they're the ones we label as good or the ones we label as bad, are good. But sometimes we don't know why an emotion is there. 
When you don't know why it's there, that's an alarm system. That's an alarm signal. Or when it's chronic and it just won't go away, no matter how you treat it, no matter how you respond to it, no matter what you do to it. Either of those, I don't know why it's here or it's chronic. That is possibly evidence that there is a lie growing in your belief system. It's sometimes evidence. Bob and I call that sticky feelings. Those are the emotions that just stick to you. You know, it's possible that stress and anxiety, for example, is God sending you a message, hey, you were not created for this. Remember the whole Sabbath thing I designed you to live in? I even observed it myself. Why are you not resting? Why are you not resting? And if you would bring your life back into the alignment of the cycle of work and rest, the anxiety and the stress would abate because the anxiety and stress, which are messengers, have done their job. But if you're on vacation, resting with your feet up on a beach, with some fresh squeezed passion fruit in your hand and a good book and you just can't concentrate on that fun fiction book because your mind is worrying with stress and anxiety, that's a sticky emotion. When you're in a place of peace and you can't embrace it, that is probably evidence that you're in spiritual bondage. My friend Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth wrote a book many years ago called Lies Women Believe and the Truth That Sets Them Free. Now she wrote this book before she was kind of well known. She was kind of an itinerant female minister traveling around and she observed something. She observed that many times there would be women who the best word she could use to describe them was spiritual bondage. And the symptom seemed to be an emotional system that was out of whack. And so she thought to herself, these emotions are a sign of something. What is it? And it led her to the conclusion that underneath those sticky emotions that just wouldn't go away, those chronic emotions or the emotions that didn't make any sense were lies in the belief system of these women. So she began to counsel them and help them to learn what is God's truth? What does God's word say about it? What does God want her to hear from his word about it? Then she saw those emotions abate. And so since that was very successful in kind of the incubator of experiment, as she traveled from place to place, she wrote the book, Lies Women Believe, and has seen millions of women set free. What is in your root system is going to become, come out in your behaviors, either as sinful behaviors or as healthy behaviors, and in your emotional system right under the surface as either healthy emotions or sticky emotions. God has a goal. His goal is this, that you would know the truth and that the truth would set you free. He wants freedom for you. When we have healthy, healthy roots, our, our tree is beautiful and flourishing with life. Our behaviors are healthy. Our thoughts are accurate. Our emotions are good messengers. They come, they do their job, they go away. Now, all of us can intellectually know the truth but not really believe it. It's not what is deep in our belief system. This word know in John 8, 31 and 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, is the word gnosko. It's the same word that is used to say that Joseph did not know Mary 
until after she gave birth to Christ. So this word know is about an intimate experience. You can know what the Bible says in your head, and it's not in your heart or your belief system governing everything that you say and do. The demons believed and shuddered. James 2.19. The Pharisees obeyed faithfully, but Jesus said they were whitewashed tombs in Matthew 23.27. You need to have an experience, a truth experience. When Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, he was not talking about studying at seminary. He was talking about having a truth encounter experience with himself. Now, Satan also understands the power of your heart and your belief system, and he can make that tree of your life look a whole lot different. Rather than having a tree of life that's flourishing and full of life, a shelter for others, a place of life, Satan wants us to look like a whole bunch of haunted trees. And together, we can make up a church that looks like a haunted forest. Who would want what we have? If we are as depressed and as anxious and as fearful and as addicted as the rest of this world, why would a lost world want to come into our circle of fellowship? Satan understands the power of your heart and your belief system, and he wants your belief system to be based on lies so that your thoughts are not accurate, they're distorted, so that your emotions are out of whack. They're unhealthy, they stick to you, they don't make any sense and your behavior is sinful. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, verse 15, it's talking about the people of God, the Israelites. Isaiah writes, You boast, we have entered into a covenant with death. With the realm of the dead, we have an agreement. When an overwhelming scourge swept by, it cannot touch us, for we have made a lie our refuge and falsehood our hiding place. The people of God, we have made a lie our refuge and falsehood our hiding place. Is it possible that you have made a lie your refuge? The first step in living in freedom is to identify those lies that hold you in bondage to sin and strongholds. I plead with you. I plead with you to be willing to let God's spirit give you eyes to see the lies in your belief system so that we can rip them up and plant truth. This message was presented at the Pure Freedom Masterclass. This is the first in a series of six entitled Pure Freedom Masterclass Six Steps to Healing Series. I encourage you to take time to apply what you've learned in this podcast before you move on to step number two. Ask God to reveal to you an emotion he would like to bring healing to. Then consider when you first began to be perplexed by that sticky feeling. Finally, ask God's Spirit to help you identify any lies you began to believe at that point in your life. You'll be ready for the next podcast after you complete those tasks. If you enjoy this series and want to dig in deeper, consider joining us at next year's Pure Freedom Masterclass. Learn more at danagresh.com backslash masterclass. This podcast was produced by Pure Freedom Ministries.